Ideas matter. Ideas matter. This is dialogue. Hello and welcome to Dialogue. Chinese President Xi Jinping has wrapped up his two-day visit to Vietnam, his first in six years. The two sides signed over 30 agreements in a variety of fields and agreed to build a community with a shared future. What are the highlights of the visit? What's in there for both countries to upgrade their relationship? And how important is the relationship to the two socialist countries? To discuss these issues and more, I'm joined by Ng Ka Zhang, visiting fellow of Vietnam Studies program of IC's Yusuf Ishak Institute in Singapore, Victor Gao Kai, chair professor of Suzhou University, and Rosario Malindog Wai, director and vice president for external affairs of the Asian Century Philippines Strategic Studies Institute, and Marco Foster, head of ASEAN Advisory of Design Shira and Associates. That's our topic. I'm Xu Qingduo. Welcome to Dialogue. I will start with Zhang from Hanoi. Zhang, this is a, they say, important visit, of course, first in six years by the Chinese uh, leader. So people would ask, you know, what's in there for both countries? Uh, you know, they have uh, a lot of in common. You know, both are socialist countries. They have uh, similar ideals or same ideals, ideas. They are in the process of reform, priority of developing their countries. Uh, so what does this visit mean to Vietnam, for example, here? Well, I think the timing of President Xi Jinping visit to Vietnam is very important because it follows a very successful years of uh, Vietnamese uh, diplomacy effort. Especially three months ago, U.S. President Joe Biden also came to Hanoi and upgraded the bilateral relationship with Vietnam. And just a month ago, Vietnam also upgraded the relationship with Japan. So this concludes a very successful year for Vietnam in terms of foreign policy. But more importantly, I think this visit is very important because it strengthens the ties between Vietnam and China, especially in terms of you know global crisis. There will be a need for both countries to to tighten their their similarities and try to solve the disputes uh, in a more you know um, consensus way and try to uh, promote you know peace and security in the region. So I think for Vietnam itself. It is important in terms of foreign policy, important in promoting economic ties with China, and important in trying to create a more peaceful environment for development in Vietnam and also in the wider Southeast Asia region. Seems uh, important uh, for two countries, but also for the region. And Marco, you know, you are in the business uh, sector. Share with us, you know. Uh, how important in terms of the trade and uh, economic relationship you know, for both sides? Yes, definitely. So China is Vietnam's largest uh, trading partner overall uh, and has been for many years. And say, on the same way, the other way around, Vietnam is China's eighth largest uh, trading partner, but uh, largest trading partner in Southeast Asia. When we look at the proximity, when we look at um, the border region between China, southern China and northern Vietnam, that's the um, most densely populated border that China has. And China has over 14 borders with sovereign states. And it's also um, the most heavily industrialized border. So I think um, during this trade talk and, and this general diplomatic talk, the question will be how much will really happen in terms of cross-border cross facilitation between the two countries and uh, how much more can we enhance uh, the easy and the better flow of goods uh, between the two countries and especially that important corridor and the most important corridor between China toward ASEAN, I would say. 
uh, important corridor, not only, of course, between the two countries, but also uh, to ASEAN. Victor, as we said earlier, you know, the two countries are both socialist and uh, they, uh, they call each other like uh, comrades and brothers. So, you know, they are neighbors, they are partners. They have a lot of uh, similarities in their own development, uh, let's say, path. So how important is it for China in terms of the relationship, I mean, the Vietnam relationship, you know, economically, diplomatically here? Thank you very much for having me. Uh, first of all, let's uh, congratulate this highly successful landmark uh, visit by the Chinese President Xi Jinping to uh, Vietnam. From the Chinese perspective, Vietnam is very important in several ways. First of all, China and Vietnam are neighbors. We not only share land uh, boundary with, between us, we also share maritime boundary with us. And there are some territorial disputes which need to be resolved through wisdom, through diplomacy, through negotiation in due course. Secondly, we are trading with each other and uh, China-Vietnam trade has been increasing in the recent years and will further increase in the future. Now, the third point, which is equally important, is that I expect that there will be a lot of industrial cooperation and coordination in the coming years and decades because China and Vietnam today are at very different stages of industrial development in terms of technological breakthroughs, etc. And I would say better industrial policy between these two countries will be a huge benefit not only for Vietnam but equally importantly for China. And further, people-to-people -people exchanges will be absolutely important because these two peoples, these two nations are different in many ways, but they also have a lot of historical background which should make them proud of each other and uh, recommit themselves to greater cooperation and exchanges going forward. So the future proc uh, prospect of China-Vietnam cooperation is continuously on the rise. Mm -hmm. And uh, you are also from the region you know, with a, a stable and also, let's say, a prosperous relationship between Beijing and, uh, and Hanoi. What does it mean, you know, to this entire region, to ASEAN? I think um, just to give a little bit of uh, my um, impression as to the, vis the recent visit of Chinese President Xi Jinping to Vietnam, first and foremost, I think it's very significant for both nations. It's, um, it, it signifies an upgrade in the bilateral relation between the two countries. Second is also when you talk about relationship between China and Vietnam in relation to ASEAN, that also signifies that, you know, in ASEAN, um, ASEAN countries is uh, like, for example, Vietnam has good relation with China and I think it's a good thing for the region itself. And when it comes to um, relationship of Vietnam um, with China and the rest of um, other major players in the region like the United States, we can see, and it's a reflection as well of many other countries in ASEAN that it's striking a balance and it has a balancing act between the two superpowers that, you know, it, 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 it it's pursuing a multi-dimensional kind of foreign policy, an independent foreign policy. And that is a reflection actually of many countries in ASEAN. And I think that's good for ASEAN, re, for, the, for the region for that matter. But I would say it's uh, probably also for the benefits of uh, Vietnam uh, itself, you know, of course, in the, we will touch upon that a little bit, you know, international perspective uh, about balancing the relationship with, um, you know, uh, big powers here, China and the U.S. Uh, but before that, Zhang, if you look at the upgrading of a relationship from previously comprehensive uh, 
you know, strategic partnership to this, um, let's say, in, in both sides agree to build a China-Vietnam community with a shared future, uh, with a strategic importance here. So what's your reading of this upgrading of relationship here? Well, I think for Vietnam and for China, uh, it's very important milestone because for Vietnam, China has always been uh, the most important uh, country, you know, in, in bilateral relations. And Vietnam has always tried to balance a very, very delicately between China and, and other uh, other countries. So when China and Vietnam both agreed to upgrade uh, their ties to the community of uh, which share future, I think it signifies the political confidence uh, between the two parties and the two countries. And secondly, it will make, you know, create a very strong framework for economic and cultural exchanges uh, between the two countries. And I think for the past 40 years, with you know China's market reforms and Vietnamese market reforms, economic and cultural changes are probably the most important and are the foundation of good relationships between countries. And I think from now on, with a new agreement on a community with a shared future, a lot of focus on economic cooperation. There would be more and you know intensify uh, cooperation cooperation effort between Vietnam and China in terms of uh, economic and cultural changes. Well, Marco, uh, earlier you mentioned about uh, these uh, border facilities, uh, you know, border crossing border, let's say transfer of goods and people, uh, and of course products there. Tell us more about that. We know that among the 30 plus uh, agreements signed between the two sides, uh, you know, some of them are about digital cooperation, some of them about uh, a real link. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, people are talking about more investment uh, to build the link between a Chinese uh, city in Kunming and of course uh, a, a Vietnamese city. That will, people believe, will facilitate more trade between the two sides? Yeah, I, I think the two uh, agreements on, on the rail links are really the ones that stand out here. And, and these are only MOUs so far, but uh, once we got the two authorities talking to another, I hope that uh, there will be more pledges and promises uh, being made on the actual railing uh, establishment. As I just mentioned earlier, uh, Vietnam and China's border is the most industrialized and, and most densely populated. And uh, ASEAN is no longer China's backyard, but uh, appears to be China's front yard now. And the Vietnam-China corridor is also set as the gateway for that and all that supply chain diversification that is happening. So it needs stronger infrastructure investment. A lot of our clients have been our clients um, in China for over 30 years now, uh, producing, for example, in Guangdong and South China, also uh, looking at China plus one or China plus two strategies. They are really seeing Northern Vietnam as the only region in Southeast Asia where they can easily connect the supply chain via truck within 24 hours. There's no other way, or, or when we look at the Kunming, uh, uh, Laos uh, railway, high-speed railway, this is, these are two less industrial areas in terms of Southeast Asia, but also Yunnan is not as industrial as, for example, southern China and, and Guangdong and, and Guangxi. So uh, it's really crucial to uh, establish a stronger railway connection between uh, these two regions. Earlier this year, um, there have been uh, made, there have been further advancements for example, connecting the Hanoi freight train directly with Shujiazhuang in, in Hebei province. These products have never gone, gone that up north uh, before uh, toward China. However, um, these are very few, or, or these existing railway lines can only um, ship so much cargo. So it, it needs a proper infrastructure investment to, to tap into this huge potential and demand that is there right now. Mm. It's like, a, I would say, it's, it's a sweet problem, you know. It, you have a challenge, but it's a good uh, challenge in the sense because it's about more development. Uh, you know, the Chinese, uh, one for them, one of the populist uh, 
uh, popular destinations is Vietnam. Of course, you know, Vietnamese students, you know, they come, uh, come to China to, for, for further studies. There is a need, a demand for more, let's say, closer cooperation, either physically or, I mean, the, the communication, people-to-people -people communication over there. So, Victor here, I mean, obviously, Vietnam is important uh, not only to China, to this, uh, but also to this region uh, in terms of China-ASEAN relationship, as Marco said. Not uh, ASEAN, not only not a backyard anymore, but a frontier yard for China here. So, in a sense, it reflects a growing importance of this region to China, let's say? Absolutely. I think uh, ASEAN as a whole, including Vietnam, will become more and more important in the coming years and decades. And if we look at the geography of Vietnam, Vietnam is one of the longest and narrowest countries in the world. So from the perspective of connectivity, the best way is to build a highly efficient high-speed railway system from the Chinese border all the way to Saigon and connecting with Cambodia, for example. And then Vietnam can also be connected very extensively westward through Laos, through Cambodia, Thailand, uh, Myanmar, for example, all the way into the uh, subcontinent uh, through Bangladesh or India or Pakistan, all the way westward. So I think Vietnam should really aim to become a very vibrant, dynamic uh, uh, interconnectivity hub rather than purely Vietnam for Vietnam's development. In that way, I think a lot of productivity and efficiency can be further emancipated and this will really bode very well for the future of Vietnam. That connectivity through and with Vietnam will also boost the connectivity throughout the ASEAN region. So Vietnam now becomes a very important linchpin in this regional integration and integration network beyond this region, way to the west of Vietnam way to the west of Vietnam. Uh, and of course, uh, Anna, I want you to talk more about this uh, you know, perspective on uh, independent foreign policy of many countries in the region. They don't want to choose sides, either with, uh, with the US or with China, in terms of this, uh, uh, you know, or balancing the relationship between the two big powers here. But at the same time, you do see Vietnam and other countries, they are playing very well, you know. Uh, they're basically benefiting from the development or, or competition, you may say, uh, between the two, China and the U.S. You say investment from Western, uh, you know, uh, businesses, but also growing investment from the Chinese companies, for example, in Vietnam here. So in this sense, we do see more connectivity and probably a strengthened uh, supply chain or industrial chain between China and this region. Yeah, I think um, um, it's very important for countries in ASEAN to, to strike a balance between, you know, the major major powers that are playing in the Asia Pacific region for it will benefit them. Like, for example, if you look at the bilateral relation between Vietnam and China in the last 15 years, you could see that, you know, uh, with Vietnam's very strategic and balancing act between the United States, let us say, and, and China, if you look at China and Vietnam relationship, it, it benefited a lot in terms of trade. As you can see, the first 11 months of this year, the total um, investment in Vietnam from mainland China and Hong Kong increased 
to around 8.2 billion US dollar, twice as much in the same period of last year, with mainland China's investment in Vietnam reaching 3.9 billion US dollars. So if you can see, I mean, it's very effective for, for, for a country like Vietnam to have that balanced relationship, you know, having very good economic relation with China, but at the same time, a friendly relation with, with the United States. And that also helps in trying to maintain peace and stability in the region. And I hope other countries in, in, in ASEAN would 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 have that kind of balancing act because that's that's how you play the game if you're not as a you know as a big country but in a way but vietnam is actually uh, right now if you look at asean countries for that matter it's it's actually one of the most dynamic and the most robust country in 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 terms of economic development in asean so yeah yeah i mean this is very important um for any country in asean even for my country the philippines to, to have that kind of balance, you know, because it benefits that 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 country for for that matter, yeah. Mm, uh, benefits that country for that matter, uh, of course. Zam, uh, if you look, at, can you talk more about this, uh, you know, bamboo diplomacy. Speak of uh, the flexibility of the Vietnamese policy, foreign policy making towards uh, big players like China, like the U.S. Talk more about that, you know, like how. Do you strike a balance between the two countries? You know, on one hand, you know, uh, Vietnam talked of uh, supporting the one China principle, you know, declaring, you know, uh, Taiwan is part of China. They are against, uh, you know, separatist uh, activities uh, for Taiwan independence in the island. Uh, you know, uh, that, that obviously they are following closely about this one China principle. Well, despite them, you know, what's happening, that's uh, the U.S. basically changing the status quo over the island, creating tensions there. Well, I think for Vietnam, uh, flexibility is uh, not the right word, but bamboo diplomacy, in a sense, uh, requires flexibility in actions and you know solid foundation in principle. So for Vietnam, there are main principles of foreign policy which are independent, uh, respecting uh, you know UN charters, uh, respecting international laws. Uh, by, you know, for for example, so for Vietnam, this uh, bamboo diplomacy is focusing mostly on you know uh, economic cooperation on trying to solve other issues in according to international laws and trying to you know compartmentalize uh, disputes and make way for economic development so let's say Vietnam and US for example are very different in terms of uh, ideologies right the US is probably the, the most successful capitalist country and Vietnam is the among the, you know, the five remaining communist uh, countries, but they still find a way to establish a comprehensive strategic partnership. Vietnam and China, despite the complex history and despite the ongoing uh, maritime disputes, still find ways to enhance economic and trade development, enhance uh, cultural exchanges, and enhance uh, political understanding between the two parties. So for Vietnam, if you can stick to the principles, uh, flexibility in actions will bring benefit uh, to the development. Victor, I wonder how does the Chinese side see this relationship or all the you know, balancing act of Vietnam? I want to make it clear. I think you know, my understanding is like if you look at the, you know, Washington, many people would say they want Vietnam on their side against Beijing. But if you look at Beijing, Beijing is simply strengthening ties with uh, Vietnam for its own sake, for bilateral relationship. As the Chinese leader said, you know, China does not engage in, say, block politics or camp confrontation. You know, China engages in because, you know, basically free trade globalization because it benefits China, it benefits uh, countries in the region. I wonder, is that the case here? Absolutely. 
my view is that China wants to further engage with Vietnam for peace and mutual development and for maximizing the benefits for both the Chinese people and the Vietnamese people. Now, from Washington's perspective, they may look at Vietnam more, unfortunately, in the geopolitical sense of the word. That is, try to divide and rule, try to stir up more geopolitical tensions, etc. However, Whatever Washington wants doesn't matter in the final sense of the word because eventually you need to listen to the Vietnamese. I would say from Vietnam's perspective, they want to be friends with China, with the United States, with Japan, with Russia, with EU, you name it, which is very legitimate. I think the development of Vietnam's relations with any country, including with China, should not be at the expense of Vietnam's relations with any other country. That means Vietnam-US relations, no matter how they are improved, should not be at the expense of Vietnam-China solidarity, friendship and cooperation. That should be the litmus test. And I truly have confidence in the wisdom and the courage and the vision of the leaders in Vietnam and the people in Vietnam. They were torn and traumatized by wars for several decades in the past. And China-Vietnam solidarity actually accelerated the unification of Vietnam. This should be a very good historical heritage that both Vietnam and China could benefit from in the coming years. And this whole region, including Vietnam, should really focus on peace rather than being distracted by war. This should be the megatrend in China-Vietnam relations as well as in Vietnam-US relations. Well, Marco, here we're talking about the geopolitical factor here. How do you think, uh, you know, such a factor might affect or even boost, you know, the, 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 the economic or trade relationship uh, Vietnam uh, is having with China and with other regional countries, maybe? So it, it, it boosts the trade relationship and especially FDI that goes into uh, Vietnam at the moment. And everyone's saying Vietnam is, is a winner out of this conflict. However, I would also take that with a grain of salt. Um, Vietnam has historically already been in a position where it needed to please or was squeezed uh, between the world's superpowers, which were the Soviet Union and the US at the time. So Vietnam is tiptoeing a little bit and, and having this balancing act. But for now, uh, it's reaping fruit and, and we hope for the best that it will continue to do so. What we often get from our clients that uh, have existing manufacturing locations and, and uh, trading operations in China and want to also enter Southeast Asia is that most of the companies don't know much about Southeast Asia and are a little bit confused at how diverse Southeast Asia is and, and every single country of it. And uh, especially European companies, um, they oftentimes don't quite understand that ASEAN is not as a strictly governed political body as the EU, for example, that needs, where every member state needs to uh, follow guidelines and, and a rule book, but more so, as Victor said, a community of uh, very independently acting states that uh, came together for promoting, first of all, regional stability economic growth and especially peace. And without these um, three pillars, there's no um, chance for FDI to, to enter here more and there's no chance for this region to thrive. So even though we see in the South China Sea more militarization, I think the status quo should be maintained by all the nations. And uh, the good thing is that the diplomatic route is open and the governments talk and, and the Xi Jinping is welcome in Vietnam and uh, the same way goes the other way around. 
So um, as long as the, the talks are there and, and the enhancements uh, are being planned and additional trade routes are being opened, I don't think there is too much to worry about on the geopolitical end. Not too much uh, worries about uh, these geopolitical you know, issues here. With that being said, Anna, you, know, uh, you are smelling, of course, there's uh, this maritime issues you know, among regional countries, between, including uh, issues between China and Vietnam here. Uh, both leaders talked about that. Uh, they didn't avoid uh, such, uh, such issues. For example, President Xi mentioned we need to turn those uh, maritime issues into opportunities of cooperation. The Vietnamese side also said you know, we need to better handle those uh, uh, those challenges there. So, what's your understanding? You know, what's the prospect of dealing, of properly dealing with you know this this uh, this this, this disputes over there and keep it as it is, or to solve it peacefully, and then so it will not affect the overall relationship uh, uh, between the two countries here. Yeah, I think um, I have no doubt that when you talk about the economic relationship and people-to-people relationship between China and Vietnam, you can see that it's quite solid in in many ways and in many sense. And we've been discussing that earlier, and I've been giving you some kind of figures that, you know, even in trade and economic development, economic cooperation between the two countries, you can see that's very, very um, evident that it's there and it's solid. However, one thing that we have, well, we don't forget is there's, a lot of challenges as actually between the two countries too that they're also facing but i'm saying but i'm not saying that it's not possible to resolve them but one thing that but one eminent challenge i think that is um china and vietnam even other claimant states in the south china south china sea has to face and you know think through and probably come up with a very good and solid solution is the dispute in the south china sea as you can see, despite dialogue, there's still no comprehensive solution and tension are still present due to the overlapping territorial and maritime claims in the South China Sea. So I think um, the way and I think both countries, China and, and Vietnam and even other claimant states of the South China Sea, the way to address that and this challenge is to continue the ongoing diplomatic efforts. And, and put forward confidence building measures and tangible progress in dispute resolution mechanism. China and Vietnam should continue to seek ways to you know, improve economic ties and manage territorial dispute while navigating the complex dynamics of regional and global geopolitical geopolitics and dispute over the South China Sea. And I think one very important um, aspect when you talk about the South China Sea and how to put forward solutions to that is focus on low politics. When you talk about low politics, meaning focus more on possible cooperation in the South China Sea, like probably oil and gas um, joint development, joint fishery management, and even push forward for the early conclusion of the COC or the Code of Conduct in the South China Sea, because that's very important. As you can see, and as what other resource person in this program have said earlier, if there's no peace and stability and security in the ASEAN region and even in the wider Asia-Pacific region, then economic development would be impossible because peace and security is the way forward rather than conflict. So I think that's, I think the imminent challenge of the South China Sea can be resolved, but it takes a lot of pragmatism and open-mindedness for all for countries like China, Vietnam, and other claimant states to, you know, to, 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 to put forward to for, for a stability of the region and for economic prosperity to be, to not to be disrupted. Well, not to be disrupted, uh, and of course, you know, the, the, uh, well, focusing on the economic uh, cooperation, trade cooperation, and probably to control and, uh, and, and then find a peaceful ways, uh, or even turning the issues into opportunities uh, that, that probably the goal, that should be the goal. 
Well, with that, we uh, come to the end of today's show. Many thanks to our guests. I'm Xu Qindu. See you next time.